Members of the board, as we stand on the threshold of a new decade, we must face harsh reality. Our educational system has become far too permissive, as that famous scholar once said. My darling Evelyn, how I long for the feel of your luscious thighs wrapped a... Welcome to Exposition Street, celebrating geek movies in all their splendiferous glory and presentation of Prismatic Tsunami. My name is Eric. Thank you very much for joining us today for this very special presentation. As we start off the new year, we do something fun every year. It is now a proud, long-standing tradition of the Exposition Street experience. That is, I let the bozos on the show pick the movies. And uh, we all put our veto power in the back seat for a minute and just kind of deal. And that is what we're doing today. And I couldn't be more excited. So uh, once again, if you'd like to be part of the show, uh, make any recommendations for us. We'd love to hear your ideas. Feel free to drop us a line feedback at prismaticsunami.com or drop by our Discord server where we try to have discourse about our movie selections. It's a, a great place to catch up. And talk about what we love about movies. Or don't. It's okay. We do a lot of both on the show, too. It's fine. It's fine. I do a lot of the loving. Jason does a lot of the hating. We all know how it goes. Everybody else falls somewhere in between. And we have a whole lot of fun being us. So, without further ado, let me go ahead and get the party started. Hey, ho. Uh, wasn't talking to you, Rich. What? I <laughs> hate it when my mice start exploding all over the place. It's Richard. I, I got them earmuffs before I That's did this. A- Good call. Plan ahead. Very, very good. Uh, I knew I should have patented that Rocco meter when I had the chance. It's Vanessa. Do you think how much money I could have made? <laughs> you know, I was expecting it to go up to 11, and it went up to what? Um, Probably 10. Anybody remember? I think it went up to... Oh, yeah, the Ramones. Uh, let's see. <laughs> but but, but, but if, if you blow up the school, you've got rock and roll nothing. It's Jason. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I just thought I'd put that into perspective for you. I'm sure you could appreciate it. And finally, do your parents know that you're Ramones? <laughs> it's the kid. You know, if they didn't, something went horribly wrong somewhere. Something still went horribly wrong somewhere. And you know how I know? <laughs> we watched Rock and Roll High School this week. <laughs> I'd like to comment on that note. Richard, I am very disappointed that you did not give out trigger warnings for this movie. <laughs> Flashbacks of high school trauma are not a pleasant thing. I don't enjoy dealing with them. It's still better than 10 Things I Hate About You. No. No, no it isn't. No, it isn't. (laughs) 10 Things I Hate About You is hilariously terrible also. Oh, but so good. Um, Oh, don't get me wrong. I've still seen it multiple times. (laughs) That doesn't mean it's good. Legit. Uh, see, Rock and Roll High School came out in uh, 1979. So, so did I. One older <laughs> so, yeah, this came out before you came out, Jason. Uh, and take that as you will. April 20th of 1979. Rated PG. Ran, ran one hour and 33 minutes. Ramones, fanatic, and delinquent Riff Randall battles it out with a strict new principal of Vince Lombardi High School, Miss Togar. 
with help from the Ramones. Yeah, that about covers it. Pretty, I, pretty much you don't have to watch I, the movie after that description. I didn't know the Ramones had a movie, and now I understand why I didn't know the Ramones Aww. had a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's, uh, it's, it's cold, man. It's cold. You know, and uh, right, it's probably worth mentioning, guys. Kid and I have actually seen the Ramones live. Oh, on they their, were a little older. On their last tour. Nice. Yeah, their very last. Nice. It was in 1996, the last time they played. Uh, well, it was the last still tour, a fantastic it was, experience. Though. It, was, it was great. It was fun. And the crowd loved it. So, you know, what can you do? Uh, directed by Alan Arkish, uh, mostly known at this time for music videos of bands like, oh, the Ramones. Dawkins, Elvis Costello. He directed Caddyshack 2 in 1988, about a dozen episodes of Moonlighting, a bunch of Crossing Jordan and Heroes. He was still working for a while. He probably still is. Uh, written by Richard Whitley uh, of Space Above and Beyond fame, Millennium, Roswell, all great genre fiction. Don't know what the hell that's all about. Russ Devonch and Joseph McBride also had writing credits, and uh, I could not figure out who the hell they are. And uh, music, mostly <laughs> Ramones. Yay! <laughs> I mean, there was like, when I dug a little bit, there was like one guy that got additional composition credit. I can't even remember his name, and he hadn't done anything either. So I just like, this was uh, a renaissance, a true renaissance for this kind of really questionably poor taste. I really had a good time watching this movie this week, but not for any of the reasons that I should have. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. And, you know, I, I I really am curious, you know, before we get into it, to see the reactions of certain slightly younger members of the cast who didn't actually grow up with this level of trash as their go-to comedy? <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> you know, I had I I tried to catch clips for this, and I mean, in in addition to the fact that it was just kind of hard to hear what anybody was saying sometimes, and there was you know music and like I, I gotta I mean I gotta give it props. The movie did not lack for music; it was going the whole. I mean, the the lead character carried around the Ramones with her wherever she went. It was great, and she was in most of the scenes. Uh, it was something else. I was trying to record clips for this, and you know when half the clips make me flinch so bad, I don't actually want people to associate them with me. <laughs> I'm Let's just, just gonna say point out that on IMDB <laughs> the trailer is captioned with a trailer from hell tag. <laughs> nice. Well, and the music, the, the, the audio transfer on any copy I could find was just shite. It was really horrible. It's from 1979. I'm not surprised. The the remaining sound I would imagine is all from the the visual track on the side of the film, so that's not going to be great. <laughs> right. Uh, no, it's, yeah, it's awful. But, I mean, it was available to watch for free in various places, so there's that. It, many of them have ads, I guess, but I only, I, I mean, I watched a little bit on YouTube to see if I could get a good audio transfer there. I ended up picking the version that was on Peacock. Uh, I have a subscription. I was, I was signed in, but I still only had a couple of commercials at the beginning, and I'm guessing that was probably largely the case in most places. Also, not being a really long movie, not a lot of room for... If they'd shoot horn commercials into the middle of this, and, I mean, maybe you guys watched on a service that did, it, they, there wouldn't have been logical places to put them. On my YouTube, no it put commercials in the middle of sentences, so that was... Well, that, that is YouTube's policy. See, I didn't have any commercials at all, even though it said I was going Lucky. to. Nice. I watched it on Roku, and fortunately, there were frequent ad breaks to uh, give me a break from the movie. I was very happy about that, but they didn't last long enough. <laughs> 
appreciate it. And the movie went back to where it stopped. You had to watch the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm not going to be the evil one today. Oh, I'm sure we'll all be a little bit evil. Probably even the guy who recommended this. Anybody guess who that was, by the way? I love Just a trashy movie. Throw it out there. Oh, boy, do you ever. It's like Porky's with a PG rating. Oh, man. So <laughs> the movie was starring PJ Souls uh, as Riff Randall. She was working around this time. She did some, she did some pretty decently big-ish movies for the time. Not big roles. This is the closest thing she had to a starring role. She was in, uh, what, Boy in the Plastic Bubble. She was in Halloween. She was in Private Benjamin. She was in Stripes. You know, all that stuff around that mid to late 70s to early 80s career. And then she did a bunch of TV after that. Most of the people. That's who yeah. she was. Uh-huh. She was yeah. Bill Murray's yep. girlfriend in yep. Stripes. That's exactly it. And, you know, it's like, I, I mean, she was fine. She was fine. The character, she she was exactly what the character were called for yep. on the page. Because like every and, teen movie, she was 28. Yeah, there's the, for example, <laughs> definitely one of the things I was, and I mean, one of the other things I thought was really interesting is I think she was acting her ass off because I don't get the impression that this was anything like what she was like in real life. God, ever. I, no, no. <laughs> uh, I, I, I remember running across some great uh, trivia that said that when she was, she, she'd never heard the Ramones before being cast, uh, but the Ramones also weren't necessarily the first choice for the musical act the movie was surrounding. So that's something we get to talk about. Yes. Uh, she was given their music to listen to, and she admitted that she did not like it initially. But after working with them, she became fans. The on-screen concert was attended by actual Ramones fans, whose uncontrollable raucous behavior terrified her. <laughs> Which was great, because every shot of her during the concert was right there in front in the middle of the crowd. Like, she hit it well. Maybe she used it somehow. Actors do that, right? Uh, Vincent Van Patten played Tom Roberts. Yep, you won't know him from much of anywhere. Huh. He was in several episodes of Baywatch. He was in The Young and the Restless. That's about it. I mean, he did other stuff, but nothing momentous. Uh, and the only, I mean, I've got a few honorable mentions. There are not a lot of important characters here. Day Young played uh, Kate Rambo. Uh, she was the, <laughs> you guys are going to kick out of this. You know who I'm talking about, right? Kate Rambo, the the, the best friend, the, the the nerdy best friend. Yeah. Snobby saleswoman in Pretty Woman. The famous Pretty Woman the- scene. Yeah, who... Who wouldn't wouldn't serve her? You know your kind. Uh, she was also the waitress and a waitress in Spaceballs. Fans of Spaceballs immediately can picture that. So right. there you go. <laughs> and you know she was great. Whatever. And Mary Warnoff, who played Togar, was in Night of the Common, but she wasn't one of the two principals. So uh, she was actually one of the scientists. Was Equal Bauer uh, anyone? Worth she wasn't one of the principals. He, he, ha, he, ha, know, ha, he looked familiar. Ha, ha. <laughs> so, Howard. In oh, the Eagle late Bauer, 60s, yeah, he was peddling grapefruit juice to the crew of the Starship Enterprise as Tranya. That's how I know him. Clint Howard, the way the world knows him is because his brother put him in everything he directed, produced, or otherwise had anything to do with. Most of Clint's career He's Ron Howard's being baby Ron brother. Howard's brother. And, uh, that explains a lot. Of although when he was yeah. on Star Trek, he was a lot younger. And to be honest, he's actually, he's pretty talented. He's just weird. He looks and so a lot most like of the Ron characters Howard, he though. plays are pretty weird. This character is actually a more straight shooter kind of character than a lot of his roles. <laughs> who are all just, most of them are just off-off. Yeah. That's this terrifying. Just, you know, yeah. So he's younger here. So, um, and uh, see, and Dick Miller was in it as the police chief at the end. We've seen him on the show before he was in. Was he, he was on Gremlins. Yeah, he was on Gremlins. And he was on Explorers. We talked about him there too. 
And part of the reason for that, I'm betting, I haven't really looked into the connection, but Alan Arkush had the credit for directing. He directed the movie. But Joe Dante directed some pieces of it. Um, and we've talked about Joe before. Uh, he was tapped to direct uh, the scenes on the last day of shooting that Alan couldn't make it to because he was hospitalized for exhaustion. And uh, there, so he directed scenes like uh, the scene in the gym where PJ Soul sings her version of Rock and Roll High School the long take in the bathroom and the scene involving <laughs> the amazing scene, by the way, involving the telephone booth. <laughs> I had so much fun with, uh, we talked about Joe Dante on the show before, uh, because he was the director of gremlins. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Don Steele, uh, who the, played the real screaming Stevens. Don Steele. Yeah. Um, he was also had a voice, uh, role in gremlins as an announcer. Yeah. He did a lot of that kind of stuff. Don was actually he he got into radio back in the sixties yeah sixties early seventies something like that he was uh he was on the air out in L A for a lot of years when he was younger but he was still I think he he retired I mean around the time I got into radio like in the late nineties because he was still somebody people talked about but it was one of those like one of the one of the long career radio guys uh, and I never got to meet him or anything but he was uh, he was resumably he was, he was a really cool guy, really cool dude he played Screaming Steve on this though yeah what a good role. Uh, $30 million budget. Uh, I've got no other stats. <laughs> that's, that's it. I'm no idea how it did at the box office. Don't know if, if it did at the box office. Uh, this movie is a relatively opaque theatrical juggernaut for me. I have zero information on whether or not it was even released in the theater or if it went straight to uh, cult status. I mean, home video. Sorry. I don't know. Couldn't find anything. But uh, it was obviously, I mean, they were attempting to do something very connected to the era right you know? and showing the uh, whole us versus them thing uh, yeah i mean there was a <laughs> some of the comments i made in the interest there was definitely a, a strong anti-authoritarian kind of teenage vibe in here that was just over the top but the movie had no compunction against being over the top i mean for the opening sequence, you got it. When she's playing music and the principal comes out there and she yells at everybody and to, to get to class, whatever, and suddenly they speed up the the film so that everybody's moving at like, you know, Mach 3, <laughs> scrambling out of there. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the kind of movie we're watching. And I had seen this, by the way. I'm I'm betting I'm the only one other than Rich who had. But I'd no, seen I it wouldn't I was, have watched this before now. <laughs> I saw it well before you were born, Vanessa. I, I saw this when I was relatively young. And I remembered nothing. Nothing. Almost nothing about it. I remembered the Ramones. That was about it. And I didn't know who they were, obviously, when I first saw the movie. But there you go. I always had a love on for, you know, movies about movies that had musicians and stuff in it, though. That was always a thing. And this had, like, you know, it was an hour and 33-minute movie, and it had, like, 27 minutes of Ramones playing on stage. I and mean, how can you go wrong? It was great. Except that it was the Ramones, which, you know, there's a, a downside to the Ramones. They didn't have to film 27 minutes of them because they could have filmed one song used several times and nobody know the difference. I'm just seeing if the Ramones fans will write me. I yeah. Have no idea. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure both of them will. Their, um, their, their songs great do sound a lot They were like, punk rockers. <laughs> I mean, it's just like they, they had three power chords is what they did. It could have been Devo. Uh, could have been. There was, a, there was an attempt at that. Originally, Todd Rundgren was going to be the musical act, but uh, they couldn't come to an agreement. And then Cheap Trick was contacted. That would have been uh, a similar situation. Very different. And of course, by by this point, Cheap Trick had a little more notoriety. Yeah, it probably would have sold better. Uh, see, after that, talks were conducted with Warner Brothers Records where Alan Arkish had a connection to decide on which band they'd use. The first suggestion was Devo, but uh, Arkish decided that they had too much of their own concept. Another band considered for the movie was, get this... 
Van Halen, according to the trivia. Whoa! Oh, man. Uh, but Warner execs warned Arkish that they were raucous and would be difficult to handle. Um, I think, Unlike the Ramones. I think that's because the Ramones, even when they were younger like this, were pretty low-energy guys, really. I mean, Right, right. They were chill. Plus... Uh, the Ramones were willing to do it for what was it like 15k? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was. Pretty, they yeah. had to do like gigs to pay for their hotel room while they were doing the job. So, oh, that's fantastic! Uh, because yeah, it was like a 21 day shoot or something like that. Yeah, so they they had to make extra money just to be able to pay for the hotel room. Oh, here it is. Yeah, I found it. The uh, Ramones were paid a total of 25 grand for appearing in the film. 25. Yeah. So. A uh, 21-day shoot. Yeah. Uh, during this time, we discovered that bassist Didi Ramon was a terrible, terrible actor. Uh, he, he actually got arrested for fighting with a roadie. Hey, he overdosed pizza. in jail. Wound up in Cedar sinai Hospital with a $3,000 medical bill. Such a bad actor that his lines were cut from seven lines in the movie down to two. Yeah. You just got one of them right there. I did. I did. <laughs> one of them was, hey, pizza. And the other one, hey, pizza, it's great. Let's dig in. They are notoriously simple to learn. <laughs> Pretty sure I got that clip in here somewhere. I'm sure you do. Oh, here it is. Hey, it's Rip Randall. I'm number one fan. Oh, wow. He remembered my name. This is the big time, girly. This is rock and roll. Yeah, well, this rock and roll high school. Oh, rock so and roll high school? Yeah, I wrote it for Mr. McGree's music class, but I really wrote it for you, Joey. Hey, pizza! Great, let's dig in. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, thanks! How many times do I have to tell you? No pizza for you, Joey. More wheat German, riboflavin. Yeah, come on, Joey, eat good. See, I'm gonna eat some myself. Mmm, mmm, organic alfalfa sprouts. Come on, Joey. That was actually Joe Ramone's best scene. The best acting he did was when he was having stuff shoveled into his mouth. That scene pissed me off so much. <laughs> I was so mad at them just shoveling food in his mouth and telling him that he couldn't have any of the fucking pizza. Right? Ugh. I, uh, he's a stick figure. He can yeah, handle was, pizza. Uh, it's fine. I was stunned that organic alfalfa was a thing back then when this movie was oh, made. Yes, yeah, but you notice yeah. what kind of form it took. They weren't exactly trying to make it taste better. <laughs> <laughs> and have you ever had anything that tasted really like alfalfa? I've had alfalfa. Oh, alfalfa sprouts aren't bad. Alfalfa. It, I was going to say, it doesn't taste like alfalfa. At, it's, it's one of those things like coffee. It doesn't taste like it smells. It doesn't uh, really taste of anything. At the times of my life that I was watching this movie, I had to add to add wheat germ on top of my cereal whenever I had cereal to increase my fiber. <laughs> wow. It, yeah. It was relatable to me. Lovely. Lovely. <laughs> oh, this is so good. I'm mm. going to pretend I love this. I'm so glad these... <laughs> Uh, frosted flakes now have wheat germ on them. My lucky charms now have wheat germ on them. Oh, that sounds depressing. They're man. great. Uh, so it was the eighties. Did anybody <laughs> who hadn't seen this movie have any expectations walking into it? I mean, one thing we had to consider was that Rich recommended it. So you know it's true. Did I have any expectations going in? Richard recommended it. <laughs> we all remember what what happened last year. <laughs> I love that movie. I, which movie were you I last year? I expected it to have rock and Something roll. Something wild. Oh, yeah. The other one I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> it's hardly the only two movies in Expo history that you didn't like. That's true. How many but of them I did Richard that. recommend? 
Oh, Ooh. that's that's oh. an interesting question. We probably shouldn't go there. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not. I do. <laughs> we do. I, oh, I may have recommended the abyss. I'm sorry. Uh, Tank girl, I definitely recommended. Oh shoot. <laughs> Iron Sky was not my fault. Iron Sky was not my fault. That's fair. Iron Sky was not my fault. I did rate it higher than anybody else, but it was not my fault. I I just wanted to see what would happen. It was a little like throwing firecrackers in the middle of the room. Uh, practical looking, magic. You, you know? didn't or throwing like Nazis hackers. on the moon. Or real genius. Which actually sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, I, okay, we get it, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> We're not saying all the bad ones are your fault. <laughs> I mean, not, a not large the bad majority. Ones, the ones she didn't care for. Oh, good, good call. Good There's call. a difference. There's a difference. I, I, I mean, we've, how many actual bad movies have we had? I mean, one, now, if two, she rates something with Iron one star, Sky. I'm going to immediately go watch it. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. If Vanessa doesn't like it, Rich probably will. Then you will. still end up with Conan the Barbarian, and you think, "Well, I should have learned my lesson." What the did first she? Time. What did she rate Conan? Nobody rated it higher than like a two. She rated it, it a two. Dead. I rated it a three. You rated it a three. Okay, so it averaged a two because Jason gave I'm it a sure half Pretty sure it was still star. the lowest. It was the lowest rated show we've done, isn't it? It really Overall. is. Yeah. Which is sad. I wanted it to be better. I was hoping for better. I expected. To be I wanted oh, it no, to be Iron better. Sky the and Conan to be better. are both at two star overall. Oh, Iron Sky. Hmm. But yeah, but Iron Sky is. It, but Conan, we all rated low. Whereas Iron Sky, a couple of us rated it moderately higher, and somebody rated it in the negatives. You know, somewhere in there. No. <laughs> no Not in the negatives. That's... We don't accept negative but ratings. But certainly as low as possible. <laughs> uh, kid, a lot of what we get is negative ratings, whether you realize it or not. Ooh. <laughs> Aww. I was speaking Aww. mathematically, thank you. So not having any expectations, how far into the movie did you get before you realized what you were in for? Ten minutes. I put it in chat. <laughs> I was going to say five. I think there were still opening credits playing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and were you right? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, I severely underestimated. <laughs> or overestimated? As the case may be. That's okay. Uh, is I thought it was, I still think it's a fun recommendation, Rich. I, I the, rule, the rule is you get to choose and we just, we just roll with it. That's what we do. I did. And so, I'm looking forward to more discussion. 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 I have, however, it will I have, however, been asked by my wife to ask Richard one question. Don't say why. And get an honest answer. Richard, Julie would like to know why you hate her. What did <gasps> she do? <to> you? <laughs> I did. Jason's pick parents it probably the same question for her. <laughs> I picked Baby it. Baby Richard says he didn't me. pick it for you. Uh, Jason, did you watch this with your folks? <laughs> oh, I did. I'm so glad it was PG. Uh, after, it was all smiles and laughs through it because it was just silly yeah. fun. And then as soon as the credits started to roll, it's like, wow, that was a bad <laughs> <Yeah>. movie. <laughs> but that, that, that does kind of form an experience, doesn't it? Right there. Because if you're smiling and laughing the whole time, even though you know it's bad, it's hard to really hate it the same way as something you're just miserable watching. Oh, absolutely. I And I was going to bring that up is this is not a good movie, <laughs> but it was not unenjoyable. It had an explosion. So, yes. When, <laughs> when they exploded Mount Caramel High, 
it actually was like it the explosion was like five times bigger than it was supposed to be when they were going to demolish the building nice so I was going to say that explosion looked like it was practical yeah. effects and yeah, it was a real terrifying. building to be destroyed. It also it also looked like it was next to the school. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when the school went yeah, off, apparently the neighbors were a little surprised because of the size of the explosion and all came out the street. So fun, fun, That's funny, good times. Uh, so let me see here. What do I got? I've got a few clips. I don't have a lot, so I thought I'd kind of pepper them in a little bit and give us stuff to talk about. Um, because you know the movie doesn't have to talk about. Well, okay. Contextually speaking, how many things are there in this movie happening to talk about? Eagle Bauer's room in the boys' room. <laughs> that was kind of awesome. <laughs> that was ridiculous. With and a the secretary whole thing of getting people, getting paid to get people to hook up who are interested in hooking up already. Anyway. Yeah. Well, that's actually that's a not great necessarily. That was some weird backwards bullshit. It, it was. It was. Um. The, how about the whole book burning uh, parallel with the records? Oh man, that was—I didn't know exactly how that was going to roll when I realized what they were about to do. You know, but it—it it went exactly like it because she was she Organic was playing hardcore authoritarian. Yeah. Another thing with, to talk about the hall monitors that were creepy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> hall monitors, and I don't think we're. Students. Did you catch on the whole anti-authoritarian thing? You, they talk about how these students can't get away with anything. These students can't get away with anything. When she did that announcement she read, and she took the next page of the announcement, and it turned out to be that you know smut-driven theme, all she did was glare at him. He didn't get in trouble for it because he was part of the authoritarian. Yeah. That, that is so a remark on society right there. Her kind of her kind of proletariat role here was very uh, hard nosed. There was no give in it, you know. And it is, I think, that one of the reasons that resonates in such an interesting way is because high school, although we can always kind of put it aside once we reach adulthood and just kind of occasionally remember it as the crucible that we had to deal with at the time, high school is the penultimate example in a lot of ways for most of much of America anyway of that type of authoritarian environment you know and it obviously depends on the kind of authoritarian authority you have you know the kinds of people involved in it the educators the administrators um the the prevalent issues in the student body wherever you are but there's definitely some level of that that all of us have experienced or felt like we experienced at some point even if we weren't targeted you know the, the high school is something we can generally relate to you know i'm I, that's not everybody but you know what i mean i feel like that was uh, an interesting and obvious choice for a lot of kind of stories movies particularly none of not very many of them really good that stands out to me like oh that makes sense that this is the thing and that this is a thing we focus on because again i don't think about it anymore you know it's something to be forgotten or or not even not necessarily forgotten but kind of pushed aside you know right. it doesn't have much effect on our life today and they took it and turned it up to ramones or romanticized romanticized good call but that being said, and I know that at least one or two or three or four of the people here will back me up, there is a lot of great entertainment that we get invested in that's high schoolers. That is vital to us in a lot of ways. It brings us back to our youth. It recreates some part of the experience and what we wanted it to be in a lot of cases. 
we're talking about. We're not, I mean, I don't think a lot of us, you know, watch Dawson's Creek or something. I think a lot of us were watching, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and its ilk, you know, things that were high school age stories, but they, they were exceptional in some way, or they were genre stories, oh, you know, supernatural. Square Pegs was so horrible when I tried to rewatch it. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Degrassi, man. It's, it's like, hmm. But it speaks to people, especially people that grow up with it. You know, we, my generation, I think it was Saved by the Bell, a lot of it. You know, I was just a little on the older edge of that. But yeah, that was what we, that's what we were seeing on TV when we got home from school. And so that was, you know, what spoke to us at the time. And if you try to revisit later in life, it'll speak to what you thought it was at the time. And that's about it. But it shows that Saved by the Bell. What's that? Uh, I made fun of Saved by the Bell. Oh, made fun of, yeah. So did everybody that watched it. I used it. to love Saved by the Bell, and then I tried to watch little bits here and there, and I realized exactly how big of a douche Zach right? Morris is. I, I, I still really enjoy watching it. It's, like, <laughs> it's like he was so amazing and like the epitome of cool, and now I watch it, and I'm like, He is no. such a butt. Because uh, you just kind of nailed it, though, because the epitome of cool is douchey. That is actually exactly the way that works. We just don't get the difference at that age, you know. And, and even if you do, it's because you, uh, you're you looking at it from the outside wishing it were different. So a show that makes it different, makes it cool, is okay somehow. Um, yeah, sometimes the outcasts in these shows were still the people that you admire or the people that you look up to when you're watching them. Yeah, that's the entire point. So uh, Riff wasn't necessarily any different in this. You know, she was she was the most she was all, practically the most popular girl in school despite the fact that she had this kind of rebellious quality to her. So it was a in this show which could have been an a, you know, a symbol a symbolic of the time. I don't know, it's 1979, what the hell do I know? Uh she was the outcast rebellious sort, and that was the standard by which they were measuring themselves. Everybody wanted to be that person. I'm like, really? You know, Bender? I mean, this wasn't exactly <laughs> the same story that I was seeing in, in the shows that I was watching at that age. You know, so, you know, and that was, by the way, a Breakfast Club re- reference for anybody that's too young that's listening to know what the hell I was talking about. Go watch it. It's a conversation worth having, and we're not going to have it on Expo Street. <laughs> I don't know. It's a cult movie, but I doubt we'll have it on Expo Street unless somebody picks it this month. Um, Call in, not this send year. letters. Just say there's always next make him year. do it. Just, yeah, just I don't get. I don't. I, I mean, I know we say cult movies, but I don't imagine a lot of John Hughes is going to come across here. That's not really the expectation. Wrong I would cult. Totally right. do Pretty in Pink. I think I've watched w- a John Hughes movie, mm. but not those. Ferris Bueller. Mm. Oh, yeah, I've seen Definitely. that one. Didn't he, didn't he have a day off? <laughs> Uncle Buck. Didn't he do Uncle Buck? I've totally watched that. Uncle Buck was amazing. Was that a John Hughes? I have no idea. <laughs> it's great. It's certainly not your stereotypical John Hughes movie. Um, I remember looking that up at some point, and I think it is. Give me just a second. Now I'm curious. So, so getting to know Riff early on, here's a, a lot this clip. I mean, there were a handful of kind of funny clips in the movie, but a lot of them had too much background noise or music for me to clip, but this was pretty decent. Yeah, What's that thing in your ear, Randall? Um, it's, uh... I'm passing this story. She's very sensitive about it. Oh, I'm uh, sorry to hear that, Randall. What? Sorry to hear that, Randall. Fine. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you, 
quarter to two. Come on, Riff, let's go. But uh, I just had lunch. So young. <laughs> Terrible. Crazy. I do love the fact that in about 30 seconds, Riff explains that she could absolutely hear everything that mm-hmm. just went on. Well, we knew it and, was a whole made-up thing anyway. And the music I was talking about was still there the whole time, you notice? Still there. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of the point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we, we get introduced to these characters that are a little two-dimensional because they're very simple tropes. And uh, for the time, again, this is not the kind of movie that would be made today. It's so Absolutely many ways. Absolutely not. A lot of those ways are named Eagle Bauer. Yeah. Still... <laughs> I've got a little bit of Eagle Bauer. I had to catch some Clint Howard for the show. There was just I had to ca- I had to pick something. I had to decide where I was going to throw myself on the sword for that one. It was to be fair, <laughs> Eagle Bauer was one of my favorite things about the movie because he was terrible. Oh my god! But the con- the concept the concept the conceit that what we wanted in these raucous coming of age comedies was overtly perverted inappropriate stuff yeah well kind of true but it really it was very indicative of its time and it's it's a trope that fortunately has died long enough ago in a lot of ways that it is not something that we have to talk about much today uh i mean it did evolve over time we had the american pie era too uh I was just yeah. getting ready to say when you talked about it going away. I was like, "What about the what there, about the American?" There was pie? definitely a transformation there. But you, I mean, you could see it. Gauntlet you could see of it. movies. I mean, it was it was had a similar quality to it, but it had grown intellectually in a way, and still had the same crude comedic uh, hits. You know, beats. I, I can I genuinely say. say I've never watched any American Pie movies. Um, any of the ten of them? Just watch not another teen movie, and you're fine. I don't want to watch it. No. You oh, not me. another teen movie's a good one. It's just dumb comedy, but it's great. It was just another teen movie. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but just thinking about it makes me want to have parody. a banana split. Nothing but a parody. <laughs> Too rich. Uh, uh, rock mouse. This is a picture of the same mouse. One week after the introduction of rock and roll music, <laughs> I never dreamed. Ah, the results were dramatic. He lost all interest in keeping his cage tidy. How scientific. He played his electric guitar far into the night, keeping the other test animals awake. And he met this female mouse, and they have been sharing a cage together out of wedlock. That's fascinating to learn. She crazy? She's the principal. She crazy? Uh, I guess we should talk about his character. I I missed the actor when I was compiling the list. I've seen him in other places. I cannot ever remember where. So I mean, it's something I could have. It looked wasn't up, anything but... big. Paul Bartel. Yeah, Bartel, and he had been another. I but he was he was funny in this. He was uh totally out of step with what the character should have been, you know, on screen, and uh and handled it very beautifully. I thought uh, it, it, all the right ways. Every time he every, every scene he had was a distinct eleva- um, evolution of character. He had the biggest arc in the story because nobody had any arcs in the story <laughs> except maybe Kate. I mean, it was and even that's ridiculous. a stretch. All her, her development of character was taking off her glasses so she could go from nerd to hot enough for the jock. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a that's a trope I didn't realize quite went back this far. She's all that. 
Yeah, it was great. That's probably the name of that trope, by the way, is She's All That, since that was a movie that was entirely about, oh, she took off her glasses and now she's hot. Uh, another one that not another teen movie played with a lot. Uh, yeah, but the, the rock mouse scene was one of those. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot this movie isn't anything anybody could take seriously in any way, shape, or form for more than 12 seconds. I will say the running gag with the mice was probably my family's it, favorite part. Awesome. Mouse ev- showed ev- up at the ev- concert? I'm sorry. We can't. We don't allow mouse anymore. Just too many explosions it's, all oh, over the oh, place. Oh, you have that. Oh, you got headphones? Go ahead, go on in. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> That's great. Way to be prepared. And I was a little surprised by the not allowing any drugs into the concert tra- thing. That was kind of interesting. It's a PG movie. It's a PG movie. Yeah. They had to... They had clean. to still show lines of coke. But sex, drugs, and rock and roll, man. That's... Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the theme, isn't it? But the owner of the theater is not going to encourage that. It's their job to stop the delinquent. Nobody actually had a serious job in this movie, Jason. <laughs> that did not exist in this paradigm. Pretty sure the Except principal the took Ramon her job really manager. seriously. Whose job was oh. to feed him wheat germ? Oh, and Dramatically keep, keep teenage that. girls out of the room. Except for the one. Rock and roll, Angel girly. Yes. What's it? Uh, okay, you guys want some Eagle oh, Bauer? Yeah, biggest fan. Heck yes. Yeah. <laughs> Frontal assault. Now this next step can either make or break a successful day. One-handed approach to strap and fastening is a basic skill that must be mastered. Now watch closely as I demonstrate. There's the hook. The snap. There is the double hook. There is the dreaded mini hook. And if you play your cards right, the easy open frontal assault. <laughs> Which sounded dangerous. Um, I Blow love, up doll for NPC? And almost none of those were single-handed. <laughs> I love the sound effects there. If you listen to them with, without watching right. the scene, I did you guys notice? this time. The whole rubber balloon. I mean, they were cartoonish. Everything, absolutely. All, a little metal sounders and stuff. It's just like, oh. The bling. So bling. But I, I will say the there there was a there was a uniform complaint in my household where it's like he's not just using one hand. Yeah, he was obviously terrible at his job. What do you know? But he was paid although, for it. Although he had an awesome late seventies van. That had a waterbed. Amazing. <laughs> looked like something out of Pimp My Ride. I would still travel in that van today. That would not, not upset me at all. X go um, give it to you. With all that water in that bed, the gas would be atrocious. God, legit. Wow. Way to bring it down. Sorry. Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, accident. Kate and I can't make it tonight. No, we've been in a horrible seven-car automobile accident. Yeah, we've got to go to the hospital for immediate blood transfusions. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow in school. Bye. <laughs> I think he took it well. <laughs> I think he took it well. <laughs> the, scene, the scene where she hung up a Tom on the other end looking like somebody just shot his best friend. <laughs> I think he took it well. <laughs> So, and there was, of course, the cringiest trope in the movie that he, he was one character whose entire purpose in the movie, and again, not unique to this film by any stretch, was to get laid. But he was also the football jock who was the weird one. Boring. He was, yeah. He was just yeah, he was the captain of the football team, but he was a boring nerd that he had a negative couldn't get charisma. ladies. That that is interesting, isn't it? Again, might be a product of its era too. I mean, that certainly by the time we were in the eighties, Revenge of the Nerds era, that's not the way it worked. You know? I mean, all he talked about was the weather. 
His character description is soup. (laughs) (laughs) I can dig that. And he had the same tropey line. Every time. And the, the girl, girls and, it. and apparently he used it so many times that the girls knew what the line was and would repeat it back to him before he exactly. had a chance to say it. And then he think things was going great. Fantastic. He was so out of touch. So the script was really shallow, but I thought paced remarkably well. Uh, the scenes weren't particularly. There was no um, what content. Eh. Uh, the scenes weren't particularly doing anything important, but the way things moved never got completely dry either. You mean like a like, rock video? <laughs> a little bit, right? <laughs> There's a little bit of that here. Um, I mean, the closest you got, honestly, the only part of the movie where I was like, oh, let me fast forward a little bit, was when the Ramones were on stage, which had nothing to do with them, just that at that point, it was a music video. There wasn't really anything happening. So it wasn't even a music video, it was a concert yeah, video. Yeah. Okay, why not? You know, and, and to be fair, if, you, if you're going to have a love affair with a band as, as the core of a movie, why not? And that's not something you see done. Why not have a 15-minute section in you know, the third act that is, or late second act, I guess, that is just the band performing and try to shoehorn a couple little story beats in there somewhere? That's kind of cool in its own way. She stole my song! <laughs> Chaser! That was um, dumb, but there you go. And yeah. they even spelled it D-M-U-B on the screen in big letters. Angel Dust, was that what she was called? Yeah. Yeah. Whew. With no credits to speak of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody get me a hottie nobody will ever remember. You'll work. There's a part of me that wonders if she was an actual groupie. Oh, like with the Ramones? That's actually a good question. It's possible. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's how you got the part. Better actor than Joey. Joey was terrible. Joey had too many lines. They should have cut his lines back to <laughs> He wasn't trying to act. He was saying things somebody fed to him the second before he went on. I, he, I wouldn't have been surprised if somebody was holding a cue card for him. Because since he had, didn't he have like shades on most of the time anyway? Or yeah, something? it's a thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. On his face, I can't remember. So it's like, I mean, you didn't have to see, you couldn't see his eyes anyway. So you didn't necessarily know. He could have been looking at cue cards the whole time. Yeah, man, that's great. Yeah, man, this rock and roll high school is good. I don't, I don't remember his lines. They're more important. Rock and roll, rock and roll high, high school. High school. <laughs> No, to Jason, be fair, you too he much sounded stoned the entire time. Yes. That's he possible. probably no. was stoned the <laughs> entire the mood, time. Possibly the mood. It was 1979. So, uh, I already played the pizza bit. I got one more because, I, like I said, I didn't get a lot of clips. And it's just the denouement. So, uh, because I had to get some Don Steele. That about wraps it up here at Rock and Roll High. Remember, if your principal ever gives you trouble, and you want this to happen at your school, you just give old Screamin' Steve a call. I'm in the book under Scarrymon! Would anybody like to make a comment before I hit the sounder? I'd kind of like to know what Vince Lombardi thought of this movie. <laughs> There's something you can Google, man, right there. <laughs> The running gag with his portraits were great, yes. too, though. Okay. Can't believe, we, can't believe we made it this far already. Uh, 
Thumbs up, thumbs up, Rich. <laughs> thumbs up, thumbs up. I think you left out some very important options. I said today. Rich. <laughs> My thumbs down is sadly going to be the sound quality was rough and I know rock is supposed to be a little bit rough and this is supposed to be low budget I mean what is it that they emphasize the cheap cheap of the birds at the beginning of the movie is a parody of the of the amount of costs that went into making it but um it makes me sad that the sound quality is not there. To be fair, the amount of money it would cost to remaster it to make it sound good, it wouldn't make it back. Um, I mean, just them's, is, them's the facts. Um, thumbs up, though. I just... It's, it's rapid-fire tropes. I love it turned up to 11. It's a story of overcoming authoritarianism. Um, and... I, I'm there for it. And, and Ramones. I just love the Ramones. I've always loved the Ramones. I, this might be the reason why I love the Ramones. Who knows? Um, I've slept since then. <laughs> um, but <laughs> um, it, is, it is a movie uh, from my youth. I watched it many times before Vanessa was born and many more times after. Um and <laughs> I will watch it again because um, it, it does hold a place in my heart. Um, and uh, I'll still always think of exploding mice. Needless to say, I'm, I'm giving it five stars straight up. No surprise. That's, that's legit, man. I looked it up, by the way. I was trying to remember because, you again, you're talking about turning it up. The, the acts listed on the Rockometer, by the way, mm-hmm. from quietest to loudest. Muzak was at the bottom. Yeah. Pat Boone, Debbie Boone, Donnie and Marie, Kansas, Peter Frampton, Foreigner, Jethro Tull, Led Zeppelin, Ted Nugent, The Rolling Stones, The Who, and The Ramones. So I think they really were 11, weren't they? Six, I can't count seven, that eight, high. 9, 10, 11, 12. Okay, 13. Ramones are 13, I guess. Whatever. Oh, nice. Like Muzak of rock musicians. <laughs> I just, I thought I had a share. <laughs> Vanessa, what do you got? Uh, not a five-star movie. <laughs> so four and a half, got it. No. <laughs> no, thumb, thumbs down. This movie was tropes on top of tropes on top of tropes. And I can get a couple in a movie and still not be disappointed in the movie, but it has to have some sort of substance other than tropes. And this one doesn't. <laughs> There's barely a storyline. There's almost no character development. Like, Professor or Mr. Whatever is MVC in my book because he's the only one that has an arc. The only one. (laughs) Whose name we can't even remember even though it just came up. Dude, are you kidding me? I watched this movie this morning and I can't remember what the main character's name is. (laughs) Trombone. Vanessa, eat all your trope soup before it gets cold. No. (laughs) Thumbs up. It was a fun movie. It had music. I like music. If nothing else, I like music. There was lots of music and it was a style that I appreciate. That was nice. I liked that. That being said, I'm probably never going to watch this movie again. It's getting one and a half stars. (laughs) I will still listen to the Ramones. I will not watch this movie. (laughs) At least you'll still talk to me tomorrow. 
I will still wow. talk to Richard. <laughs> I did not expect that. That was good. Uh, Jason, thumbs down, thumbs down. I mean, sorry. <laughs> I get so confused. Okay, uh, thumbs down. Uh, it's kind of been hit on already, but the story was practically non-existent. Uh, nothing worthwhile happened in this movie. Uh, the guy didn't even actually get laid. <laughs> there was a kiss. <laughs> uh, you know, it just, it was silliness, but it was fun silliness. Uh, so we're, we're moving on to thumbs up in a way. I enjoyed watching it for the time that I watched it. It was a bad movie. <laughs> But there were bad movies that I loathed every second that I was forced to be sitting there. At least with this one, I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed the process of watching this horrible, horrible well, the, film. The YouTube cut lacked uh, the 20 minutes of shadows creeping across the landscape. <laughs> <laughs> that was inside joke, guys. Oh. <laughs> I was about to say, that gets longer? No. <laughs> uh. Iron Sky. Uh, gotcha. Independence Day. Okay. Yeah, Independence Day. That was the one you really got Indep- onto it with. Gotcha. Oh, that's right. Uh, but uh, it just, I enjoyed watching the badness. And when it was over, it was not like, oh my God, that was a horrible movie and I hate every moment that I wasted on it. It was, wow, that was bad. And we laughed and we enjoyed laughing about how bad the movie was and for that it gets cut right down the middle and we're gonna call it two and a half stars <laughs> nice well said my friend well said uh kid thumbs down so not only do i not get the 93 minutes of my life back that i had just been watching <laughs> the movie i also don't get the hour and some change of my life back that i have to spend listening to people talk about the movie <laughs> um <laughs> No. My biggest thumbs up for this movie is quite simply and predictably the soundtrack and the appearance of the Ramones. Um, I didn't think they I, appeared that good. Sorry. No, that, but it's only comment. the uh, only the second time I've looked at them. That joke um, I just made was actually better than most of the joke. No, I'm joking. Go ahead. <laughs> I, uh, I discovered the Ramones back in my high school age years uh, when I was hanging around with an actual punk rocker, Uncle Satan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really came to enjoy them. Uh, I've discovered better music since then, but they still get some nostalgia value. So I'm going to give the movie a bonus half a star for the soundtrack and the Ramones. Um, my thumbs down is pretty much that I was tormented quite literally by high school trauma flashbacks. Uh, like I mentioned very early on, this movie should have come with a trigger warning because I was triggered. It was not pleasant. There was legitimate PTSD. Uh, my, my high school experience was a terrible, terrible part of my life, except for the few friends, one of which is actually present here now. Uh, that I remember fondly from those years. And anything that reminds me of them is, generally speaking, not on my list of things that I want to spend my time with. Um, Which is why he doesn't talk to me very often. That, that's unfortunately legitimate. <laughs> So my final rating, I give this movie one quarter of a star. I don't think you could do Which that. will have to be rounded up to one <laughs> uh, half yeah. because of our rules. But I'm not actually giving it a half a star. I just want to be clear on That's that. That's with plus half for the Ramones? 
Yeah. Yes. yes Otherwise, I would have given it a negative quarter of right, a star. Yeah, we get it. Wow, dude. Uh, so the funny thing is, we were having this conversation this week in our uh, messaging. We were talking about an upcoming film that Vanessa is considering recommending and trying to determine whether or not it had any triggers. And Kid pipes up with, well, you know me, I don't have any. Right. And I thoroughly believed that until I sat down this <laughs> afternoon and started watching this movie, at which point I discovered I was wrong. <laughs> Uh, I do. I do have to say. I know she hasn't announced it yet, but the movie Vanessa was considering won't have any of those triggers. <laughs> not high school, no. I don't think so. No. no. Anyway, Every no. other trigger in the book, but not that one. Lots right. of violence. Very graphic. <laughs> well, we know how we like that. Hey, Rich, I'm going to give this uh, three and a half stars. I think about it a little bit. Oh, okay. I, I don't. I don't. I don't hate Rock and Roll High School. Wow. I'm not going to hate on Rock and Roll High School. I I thought it was really it, it, today. It doesn't work for me as an as a super enjoyable experience. But there's some nostalgia there, not just specifically for the movie, but also kind of for the style of the movie that it represents, and the things that we talked about that were just like no story and no this, no that. Frankly, they weren't supposed to. They weren't intended to. The story it had was a construct. It was just a concept that they were pushing from one end of the uh, movie to the other. It didn't take a whole lot of pushing to get it there, so everything else was filler, and that was fine. There were a lot of uh, a lot of styles of entertainment that were like this at the time, and I think it's it really speaks well for that. But, yeah, not a great movie either. So, uh, I, again, I, I respect you for being brave enough to recommend it. It it is more of a comedy, and it's hard to rate a comedy critically. There is that, and we've talked about that. If if our our long-term listeners will notice, there isn't a ton of comedies in our catalog. Caddyshack would get ripped to shreds. Well, the the problem is that comedies live in kind of a different area, you know, uh, of the way we appreciate or respond to movies. It's not that we couldn't legitimately discuss or critique comedies in exactly the context of what they are. But we actually do a lot of not discussing things in exactly the context of what they are. We actually take them out of that context intentionally to discuss them as the experience that they are to us now and the experience they were to us then, how they hold up, how they've changed, how we what we appreciate, what we don't, and that's legitimate too. So, you know, do we change up the scope of what we do to suit a different genre, or do we just kind of work around it and find the movies that best represent our style of entertainment in this case? So it's tough. So with with your three and a half, we're still sitting at two and a half stars. That is the same rating we gave Batman Returns last week. That is the <laughs> same rating, or that is a quarter star under my choice from last year of something wild and it is the, beat this one. <laughs> it is the same rating that we gave the craft which was another movie i would have brought up you, that's a movie and you did bring up recommendation <laughs> yep that's fair so well ouch I, I i still think it was a fun choice and i hope that you aren't too torn up about the results which you were expecting yeah, i was expecting <laughs> but yeah yeah if you're going to take it serious or if you're looking for something not that far off kilter yeah skip it yeah well vanessa what do you we got for your pick next time gamer on hulu gamer on Hulu. Uh, that is the, um, who is that? Gerard, Gerard Butler. Butler. Yes. Mm-hmm. Gerard Butler and, um, is, was it Michael C. Hall? Yes. No. Yes. Dexter. Yeah. Yes. As a bad guy. It was great. That's a fun movie. We'll have to watch that. All right. Everybody yeah, watch I'm that before kidding. next time. We'll we'll talk about that one. It'll be fun. Uh, a little different than Rock and Roll High School. I applaud that. Very different than Rock very, and Roll High School. Very bold <laughs> choice. Yeah. Very nice. 